Thank you, Karna. Thank you, Isaac. Thank you, band. I know one of the Ten Commandments is thou shalt not covet, but I can't play the guitar like y'all do. I got to work on that. Good morning. Will you join me in prayer? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be found acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our strength and redeemer. Amen. I attended seminary at Perkins School of Theology, Southern Methodist University in Dallas, Texas. And a part of that graduate program um, included an internship. And during this internship, you had a committee which walked with you through that journey, sort of like an, a staff parish relations committee. And the intern got to select who the members were on that committee that was going to be working with them. One of the individuals that I asked to be on my internship committee was a fellow by the name of Lowell Hyatt. I selected Lowell because he was a businessman, and I wanted to have input and insight from a person who was involved in the, the, the world and the sphere of business. I recall one Sunday afternoon after we had a, an internship committee meeting that Lowell kind of lingered as everybody else shuffled out. And as Lowell and I were walking down the hallway together to leave the church, Lowell said, Jim, there's something I want to tell you, but I didn't want to bring it up in front of everyone else. I said, okay, well, what is it you want to share with me? And he said, Jim, preachers don't do enough to help people understand what's in it for them. Now, I thought that was a pretty good insight, and I wouldn't have minded at all if he, if he shared it with the rest of the committee. But I think he kind of felt like that was, that was just not very religious. It was just too business-oriented. But I've, I've honored those words of his throughout my ministry, and I've, I've sought to help uh, people understand what's in it for them. What are the benefits of faith? The benefits of being a disciple of Jesus. And so this morning, I'd like to, to just uh, touch on some of those benefits. The first benefit that, that I can see of faith being a disciple, of being a person of faith, is grace. Now, I don't know whether it's religious upbringing or cultural influence or, or social dynamics, but there is, there is this tendency for us to at some point in time begin to doubt whether we have any real value. We begin to question whether, whether we're lovable. And I don't know how that comes about, but it happens. 
when we become a person of faith, when we be, become a, a disciple, we discover God's unconditional love and grace for us. We discover that in the eyes of God, we are a person of value and worth. Someone that is not only loved by God, but with whom God seeks to be engaged along life's journey. And that love and acceptance we experience of God has the capacity to change and transform how we see others and the world around us. Number one, as a benefit, I will list to you this morning of being a person of faith or a disciple is grace. The second item I would point up is, is guidance. I really believe that for any instance in life, if we find out that we're at a point where we're just not sure which direction we should go or how we should approach a particular situation, I believe we can find guidance in the scriptures. Personally, I think almost, almost all of those issues can be addressed, particularly when it's relational, can be addressed by taking a good look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the Gospels. But any other situation that you can't find an answer or some guidance or direction in those four Gospels, you have the entire rest of the Bible. And I really honestly believe that there's not an issue that's not covered where we can't gain some understanding and gain some guidance in life. The third benefit of faith that I would like to lift up this morning is gifts. G-I-F-T-S. Gifts. Now, the gifts that I'm going to talk about are the ones that Paul writes about. Paul writes, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, the headlines this past week have been not only disheartening, but in, in some senses shaking us as a country to the core. You know, what happened in Udalva, Udalva Mexico or, I'm sorry, Texas. And I'm sure if you've watched any news or read any newspaper articles or any online articles, you've heard a lot of suggestions about how to fix our current reality where something like this can happen. Ideas on legislation, ideas on security, safety, etc., etc., but I wonder how many of the commentators to whom you were listening suggested that the answer lies in becoming people of faith. Think of a school environment. Think of a community environment in which the chief characteristics of that environment are love, Joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, 
and self-control. I'll be bold enough this morning to submit to you that if, if, if in our families, in our lives, in our communities, in our schools, in our nation, in our world, if, if, we, if we were drinking deeply from the fountain of faith and experiencing these fruits to the Spirit, our world would be a much more pleasant and a much safer place. Now, these are, these are just some of the basics of the benefits of faith that, that I wanted to share with you this morning. But the real point I want to address this morning is with referencing the Scripture text. See, I am coming soon. My reward is with me to repay according to everyone's work. Now, I remember growing up in a very fundamentalist uh, theological background, and somehow I heard, I heard this scripture read. Maybe it was a particular translation. I'm not sure. See, I am coming soon. My reward is with me to repay according to everyone's deeds. And if you go back and look at the Greek, it is possible to translate the word there, deeds, instead of work. But most scholars, I think, would settle on the word work. And I think I have some scriptures which will, which will help support that because it makes a difference. And what difference does it make? Deeds implies, in a sense, behavioral avoidance. Works, on the other hand, implies behavioral actions. How many of you, it's kind of hard to see you all here with the light. How many of you here learned the song, This Little Light of Mine, in Vacation Bible School or Sunday School? How many, how many of you know the words? The, the majority of folks here have sung the song, This Little Light, this little light of Mine, I'm going to Let It Shine. That's verse 1. Hide it under a bushel? No. That's verse 2. Won't let Satan blow it out? That's verse 3. Now, there may be more verses, but I can't remember beyond the three. But what I find intriguing is that I must have dropped a page. That's okay. Now, I'm going to pick it up so I don't lose it. I'm going to preach this sermon another three or four times. That's the benefit of being a district superintendent. You can preach the same sermon in different places. All the times that, that I sung that song, nobody ever talked about, well, what, is, what does it mean? What is my light that is shining? Well, in order to get that, you have to keep reading the whole verse of Matthew 5, 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven, good works. In Matthew 24, Jesus is teaching in a parable. He shares these words. Blessed is that slave whom his master will find at work when he arrives. Now you might say, well, Jim, what, what do you mean uh, when you talk about the word work? What are you talking about? Well, in Matthew 25, Jesus paints this picture that is often referred to as the last judgment where the king 
separates the sheep from the goats. And you'd be surprised if I, if I were to tell you how many times I've gone into uh, a Sunday school class or been preaching somewhere, and I ask folks, well, upon what basis does the king make the decision who's a sheep and who's a goat? And, and most folks will say, I don't know. Well, I'm going to tell you this morning what that is. Come, you that are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Works. Actions. And why are these works so important? Take a look at what, Jesus, what Peter preaches to Cornelius and his household in Acts 10.38. Peter talks about how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. How he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. How he went about doing good. Is not that our call as well? In John 20 verse 21, Jesus says, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. In other words, if Jesus went about doing good, having been sent by God, you and I as disciples of Jesus, having followed Jesus' call, we too are called to do good. Recall the message to the church at Sardis in the early chapters of the book of Revelation. I know your works. You have a name of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains and is on the point of death. For I have not found your works perfect in the sight of my God. I know your works. The writer of the book of James puts it this way. Faith without works, is dead. My son Hunter graduated from McKendree University a few years ago, and he is a currently, he's currently attending Perkins at SMU. He told me that in his uh, work toward a degree in business communications, he said that what is important in business, and as far as he was concerned, in preaching and pastoral leadership, is to be able to answer the question, so what? So as a preacher this morning, it's important for me to talk about what difference does it make? So what? What's in it for the listener? And I'll even go one step further. Not only is it important for me as a preacher to be able to tell you what's in it for you, but in your role as an ambassador for Christ, for you to be able to share with others what's in it for them, 
in being a disciple of Jesus. Grace, guidance, gifts, and reward. Now, you may be thinking, okay, you, you said that there's a reward, but what is it? I don't know. All I do know is in order to get the reward, you have to work. Amen.